When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, you guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. I am so happy you're here. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. I know it just came to be very pretty and sunny outside here in Nashville, Tennessee, but it has been so freaking cold. It's been freezing temperatures overnight. I know a lot of people are getting snow right now. It's March. Not sure why that's happening. Um, But I hope wherever you are, you're having a good week and you're having a good day. And I'm very glad that you decided to join me for today's episode, which as you can tell by the title, we are talking about something that I personally have struggled with for a very, very long time. And honestly, I'm still working through it. It's something that I really have to actively choose to retrain my brain with every day. And that is being a people pleaser. And it's not just like it's I feel like when I say it like that, it sounds very like dramatic, like, oh, like being a people pleaser. But I this is something that I really struggled with. This is something that I know a lot of my friends have struggled with. And I know that because of that, we can't be the only people on the planet that have struggled with something like this. So that's why I wanted to talk to you guys about it today. And not only really just the idea of being a people pleaser, but I also wanted to talk about what I'm doing in place of being a people pleaser and how I'm kind of replacing that idea with protecting my peace and really prioritizing myself rather than other people. So that is what we are discussing today. So I think for everyone being a people pleaser or anyone who is a people pleaser, that concept, that feeling stems from a bunch of different things. I actually looked up the definition of a people pleaser to tell you guys today. A people pleaser personality means a person feels a strong urge to please others even at their own expense. They may feel that their wants and needs do not matter or alter their personality around others. So that is what, by definition, being a people pleaser means. And I know for me, because I also looked into, you know, where being a people pleaser stems from and why people are people pleasers. And I was reading a lot of different articles that said that a lot of it comes from, you know, childhood trauma and all of these different things. But I think for me, what really has started the whole idea of being a people pleaser was always the desire to feel accepted, to feel wanted, to feel included, to not feel like the odd one out. And when I really started to think about it, it really stemmed back from 
early childhood. I wouldn't classify it as like childhood trauma, but I do think, you know, from an early age, I was always socially awkward, always wanting to make friends and would do whatever I had to do in order to do it. So whether that was agreeing with someone on something that I did not agree with them with, whether that was inviting people over to my house for pre-games and for pre, not even pre-games, it's like eighth grade and you're going to like homecoming, but you know what I mean? Like inviting everyone over to my house, that way I never felt left out. And that translated over into high school too. I was about to say college, but didn't do that. Um, It translated over into high school too, where I would always have people getting ready over at my house or I would have after parties at my house because I wanted people to feel included, but I also wanted to be included. So I was doing it so no one else could do it and not include me, if that makes sense. It's kind of backwards and twisted. And when I say it out loud, it sounds a little manipulative, but I think it really just came from this sole desire to want to please everyone, to want everyone to like me because I definitely experienced, you know, being the new girl well over like four times in high school. I went to the same middle school, lower school and freshman year of high school. I went to the same school until I was 15 years old. So for 15 years, I was in the same school, but I bounced around friend groups a lot. And that was really hard for me because I was always just trying to morph into whatever everyone else was just to fit in. And then when I got to high school, I, if you don't know, I transferred high schools four different times. So from Connecticut to San Diego, and then from my first San Diego school, second San Diego school, which were in the same year, my sophomore year. So two schools, my sophomore year. And then I went to my fourth and last school, my junior year of high school. And so because of that, I think I really, or I don't even think I know that I morphed myself to just try and be what everyone wanted me to be, but not even what they wanted me to be. It really was just what I felt would be the easiest way to get accepted. And honestly, I remember my favorite school out of any of those, the one that really brought me out of my shell was this third school that I transferred to. It was definitely an alternative learning type of environment. You had one-on-one teaching and everyone there, I hate to say it, but I'm just going to be blatantly honest. Everyone who went there got expelled from their other school and this was kind of their landing spot and for me I obviously wasn't expelled I just transferred out of my school prior because it was just you know too big had too many issues whatever but I wasn't never expelled or suspended or anything like that I don't even think I ever even got detention in my entire life but when I went to this third school I really felt like I could kind of finally be myself because again just to be blunt it just kind of was like the land of outcasts and I felt because of that it was just a judgment-free zone because everyone who was there was kind of just you know no one had any room to judge because everyone had a bunch of skeletons in their closet and so I truly felt like I could come out of my shell a little bit and be myself and then when it came to my fourth and final school I remember I didn't want to go because I finally felt like I was in an environment where I thrived where I felt like I had a sense of community where I felt like I didn't have to try and be someone else because everyone else was already so different. There was no clicks, there was no anything, and I'd never experienced that before. And so I remember I wanted to stay at that school, but you know, my parents were like, absolutely not. So they transferred me to a different school, my last school that I went to and graduated from. And that was a great experience. I wouldn't have traded it 
you know, knowing what I know now, I would never have traded that because I met amazing people, had amazing experiences. But in the beginning, it definitely was that same feeling of, okay, how can I morph myself to appease everyone else, to be accepted, to be likable? And I honestly did that probably up until the middle of my junior year kind of the end of it where then I just was, you know, I like guns blazing. I didn't care anymore. And I think it's because I had been held in so tightly to be the version that I thought everyone else wanted me to be. And then I went to the total opposite end of the spectrum and didn't give a shit about anything at all and started going wild and crazy. And that's where the high school horrors and the story times have all come into play that maybe some of you have seen. But that's where I think it really stemmed for me is just always wanting to be accepted, always wanting to be liked. And then when I got to college in my first year of college, that's a whole different experience. And if you've been through that, you know that you just kind of get thrown in with a bunch of other people that usually you don't know. Maybe you do. For me, I didn't know a single soul. And that was hard. That was its own issue in and of itself. And it kind of restarted the cycle of wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked. And again, I think that it's something that has truly carried over for me even till now. I'm kind of just now unlearning it. And I've had to stop myself on multiple occasions, especially recently, and having someone else in my life who, you know, that I live with, who sees my day in and day out and sees, you know, how I make decisions and how I navigate my own life, he is definitely pointing out, he has definitely pointed out how much of a people pleaser I am. And I don't think I even really realized it until he said it. And then I started reflecting. So it really wasn't until recently where I've noticed how much of a people pleaser I truly am. And honestly, I think a lot of that also has to do with just being on the internet. And I started social media when I was, uh, how old was I? I was 20. I was 20. I was 20 when I started social media. It was 2017. And honestly, even just through that, that was such an experience and still is an experience of wanting to appease everyone. You want to make everyone happy. You want to have people like you. But what I started out doing was not caring if people liked me because I didn't really think anyone was going to watch. And then once I started getting some traction and people started watching and the negativity started coming in, it truly felt like I couldn't please everyone. And then it started to feel like I couldn't please anyone because as clearly as you know, if you're listening to this, I have, or maybe you don't, who knows, but I do have another podcast called Killer Instinct. And it was a really big toss up at the time because I felt like I couldn't please everyone and still sometimes feel like I can't because I feel like if I post a Killer Instinct video, people want the lifestyle content. And if I post the lifestyle content, people want the true crime content. You know, I know I see the comments, the drive with me is the playlist, the favorites, I see it all. And I really had to train my brain over the years to not care so much about what other people who don't know me and don't know my values, don't know my heart think. And it's been a process and it's been a journey for sure. And I think any content creator will tell you that, that you really have to learn when to put the, like when to separate and how to compartmentalize. I think that's a huge thing. And I know that one's not 
what everyone's going to understand in terms of like where the people pleasing comes from. But I'm just trying to give you a timeline of my experience with people pleasing and why I think it's become so prevalent in my life. And, you know, even in my early adulthood and, you know, moving to Nashville, I think I talked about this in the episode where we talked about moving to a new city and making new friends and always feeling like you need to say yes. It's just this constant, like it puts you in the state of being a yes man all the time. And you feel like if you're not saying yes, if you're not you know, putting yourself out there, if you're not draining your social battery to the literal 0%, then you're not going to be included or you're not going to make friends and you're not going to fit in. And that's something that I had to deal with. And it becomes so draining. And that's something that I've really struggled with and kind of got to my breaking point with it of I can't constantly be pleasing everyone else, be wanting to make everyone else happy because it's never going to work. I am never, I'm not superwoman. I'm not wonder woman. I can't make everyone happy. It's just simply not going to happen. And not only that, not only can I not make everyone happy, but in the process of trying to do that, trying to do the impossible of making everyone happy, I am going to make myself so miserable and so drained that I'm going to become a shell of a human because I'm not going to be myself. I am morphing myself into all of these different, you know, everyone else around me. I'm morphing myself into, you know, my friends or my family or my work and what everyone else wants of me, but I'm not staying true to who I am and I'm not staying true to what I want for myself. And that's a big problem because at the end of the day, it is my life. And if I stop living for myself and if I start living for everyone else, again, I'm going to become a shell of a human. I'm going to be so drained and I'm going to be so unhappy and I'm not going to be living my life to the fullest because a big part of life is making yourself happy. It's living for yourself. It's doing what is going to take for you to be the most fulfilled. And yes, there's compromise and there's sacrifice and you have all of those things that, you know, have to happen in order to help you navigate through that. But it's so important at the end of the day that you're making decisions for yourself and you're making decisions that are going to make you happy at the end of the day because at the end of the day you're the one who has to live with those decisions and that's something that I've had conversations with with my friends a lot more recently lately because I know that I'm such a people pleaser in most aspects of my life but especially when it comes to approval I've been searching for approval and wanting approval wanting the you know yes that's okay and no that's not or you should do this or you shouldn't from people who aren't really giving that to me anymore especially now that I'm 26 years old you know growing up I always searched for this is just an example I've always searched for my parents approval and everything that I do because I value their opinions so much I value them so much and they mean so much to me and of course they help me navigate through life they have my back through thick and thin but I still find myself looking to them being like do you approve of this is this okay with you what do you think? Should I do this? Should I not? Are you going to be mad at me? And it's like, I'm 26 years old. I have made a life for myself. I have a job. I pay for my own shit. I pay my own bills. Like I don't need their approval anymore. I just don't. I'm 26 years old. I am an adult and I'm, you know, doing adult things. I have my adult life. I pay my taxes. I do all of that shit. So I don't need their approval anymore. But something I definitely find still to this day is looking for them for that 
yes, that's okay, or no, that's not. Whatever the answer is, I still look for that. And I know that my I have friends in similar situations too, and we always ask ourselves, like, why is that? And I think that even in talking to, I talked to my life coach about it because, you know, I've always, like, I just am wondering, like, where does that sense of the needing of approval and the people-pleasing come from? And I think when it comes to, the, like, the parent example, I think that that's something that is very normal when you grow up in an environment where, you know, your parents are very involved and hands-on and they grow up and you grow up kind of getting that approval. Once that stops, it's like, wait a second, (laughs) what now? So that's a whole other, you know, part of it. I think that there are so many different categories of people pleasing. You know, for me, it's friendship. It's, you know, parent relationship. It's also my relationship, like just, you know, romantic relationships. There's so many different, you know, ways that being a people pleaser gets displayed. And it's something that I've really had to focus on because at the end of the day, like I mentioned, I'm an adult. So why do I still feel this need and desire to make everyone else around me so happy when in turn what that does is make me so miserable for the most part you know there's there's exceptions like you know for example this I don't but again this is me trying to justify it this is me justifying like oh no but this is when it's okay and this is when it's okay because I don't want to sound like a bitch but you know and there are certain exceptions here I go again with the excuse but you know when it's like someone's birthday and you go above and beyond for their birthday because it's going to make them feel special or Christmas or you know holidays Valentine's Day things like that that's when it's like okay and that's when I enjoy it that's when I enjoy going above and beyond. That's when I enjoy being the people pleaser. That's when I enjoy making other people happy. But when it comes to disrespecting my own boundaries for myself and draining myself and spreading myself so thin for everyone else, how am I, how is that benefiting anyone? Because at the end of the day, that means that I'm not showing up in the way that I need to. It means that I'm not showing up as the best version of myself for everyone else. And in turn, I'm really losing a sense of my identity because I am giving myself to so many people for so many things and trying to make them as happy as possible, trying to appease everyone, trying to, you know, make everyone, you know, everyone feel good and everyone, you know, not have anyone get mad at me because God forbid that happens and God forbid I say something that makes someone upset because I just want everyone to feel happy and I don't want every to give anyone an impression that isn't my best. But at the end of the day, again, if I am spreading myself so thin and if I'm giving my energy and my time to everyone else but myself, I'm doing the disservice to not only myself, but also to them to not give them my best. And that's something I've really had to learn is that I'm not just doing a disservice to myself, but I'm doing a disservice to others because I'm not allowing the room for myself to really be like, okay, is this right for me? Does this make me happy? Am I going to make them happier than it's going to make me? And does that bother me? Can I live with that? Can I not? Those are the types of conversations that I've had to start having with myself. And I will say it has made a lot of a difference. And it's really funny seeing someone who's not a people pleaser versus someone who is. For example, Hayden, my boyfriend, I don't think that he's a people pleaser. I don't. I think that he does everything he can to make the people he loves happy. For example, me. He'll go above and beyond for me. Like that is without a doubt. But I see when he has conversations with his friends, for example, if he doesn't want to hang out with his friends, if he's socially drained, he's not going to do it. If he, you know, 
he allows himself the time to step away and recharge his social battery and only say yes to things if he feels like he can show up 100% for someone. And I love that about him because he's really shown me what that looks like. And for example, there's been so many times where I've had obligations like friend obligations, social obligations, where I'm like, I just don't want to do it. I'm drained. I'm tired. I had a long work day or I have a busy work day tomorrow or I'm just stressed. And I feel like I'm juggling all these different people's opinions and all these different people's desires and wants and needs for me. And I only have two hands and I'm only one person. And he just looks at me and he's like, why don't you just say no? And it like you would think it's that simple. That's how I know he's not a people pleaser because you would think it's that freaking simple. Granted, like he's probably the nicest person I know. Like truthfully, he is such a nice person. He's so kind and his heart is so kind, but he doesn't stretch himself too thin. He doesn't he doesn't do things that don't feel right for him just for the benefit of someone else. And that's one of the things I really admire about him and something that I've watched over, you know, the past uh, however long years, two years or whatever. Something that I've really seen is his way of protecting his peace. And he would probably never explain it like that. And he would probably get annoyed if he knew that I was explaining it like that. But that's really what it is. It's protecting his peace. It's protecting his own, you know, sanity. And that's something that I've started to apply in my own life as well. And that's kind of the whole second part of this episode. And this topic is going from being a people pleaser to being someone who protects their own peace. And it's definitely something that is a choice. It needs to be applied. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So for example, when I get a message from someone who is asking me to do something, who wants to, you know, do something that I don't really want to do, whether that's like a social event or, you know, whatever it is, instead of quickly responding yes, because I want to make them happy, taking a step back and asking myself, is this going to make me happy? Is this going to be something that I 
am okay with, that I want to do, that I'll enjoy doing? Is it going to bring positive energy into my life? And also learning that that, you know, those types of questions, when you ask yourself that, that is not a selfish thing to do. I think that you know, this whole idea of protecting your peace and choosing what you want to do when you want to do it and how you want to navigate and when to say no and when to say yes. It oftentimes, something that I've really struggled with is that it, to me, feels selfish because why would I put myself first? You know, why would I put my feelings, wants and needs in front of someone else who's asking me for something because if someone needs me to do something of course I'm going to be there and of course I'm going to do it but I've had to stop and I've had to really ask myself like Savannah is this benefiting you is this serving you or is this going to drain you and obviously you guys there's you know I feel like this goes without saying there are exceptions to this all the time you know there's always going to be exceptions to you know being a people pleaser when it comes to the people that you love there's always emergencies there's always things that are gonna happen you know and you just gotta do them and that's different but i'm talking more so about the things that you can control the things that you know are not serving you that are coming into your life and causing you anxiety and stress and you don't know how to remove yourself from that you don't know how to separate and compartmentalize and it's something that I don't think is selfish because at the end of the day like I mentioned if you're not showing up as your 100% or as your best for that day like whatever your best looks like if you can't show up as that to someone what really like how how is that serving them? How is that helping the situation? You know, how is that helping yourself? It's not, in my opinion. And so when I've had these kind of conflicting conversations in my mind about, oh, like I want to help them and of like, oh, like they asked me to do this and they, they want to go out and I just, you know, I know in my heart and my mind that I don't or they're asking me to do something for them and it just really conflicts with my schedule and I'm going to have to go like so out of my way and I just don't want to do it or whatever the case may be. And no matter how big or how small, whatever that looks like for you, if that's not serving you, then is it really worth following through with and you're allowed to say no that's a big thing is you have the control and the power to always say no in a situation and again I feel like there's a thin line that gets walked here between you know being selfish and saying no to certain things and then just being a people pleaser and saying yes to everything there is a middle ground that can be found in this you know doing the things that you want to do when you want to do it like for example Like, I love my nieces and nephews more than anything. If my sister were to ask me on a hectic, busy work day that I have to come over and watch them and babysit and whatever, because for whatever reason, whatever the reason is, I don't even care. I would drop everything in the drop of a dime to go over there and do it because I love them and that's what family does. And that's, you know, I would just, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would never hesitate for that. So I don't mean like in situations like that, you know, I would never look at that and be like, no, that's not serving me. Like, I don't want to watch, you know, your kids. I'm going to like sit here and I'm going to watch TV by myself. I would never do that. But I'm just saying in situations where 
it's not bringing any joy to you. It's not bringing any positivity. It doesn't like, it's just not serving you. I feel like you guys get what I'm saying. I feel like I don't need to over explain myself. I feel like oftentimes I do feel the need to over explain myself because I want to appease everyone and make sure that like no one is taking what I'm saying wrong. But at the end of the day, I really do think that you guys get it. Um, So I want to talk about something else right now that ties into this conversation. And I'm pulling up my notes app right now on my computer because I want to talk about things that I do to protect my peace and to protect my aura, to protect my space, to protect my sanity, all of it. I wanted to put together a list. I know I'm a little late to this trend, but I know that this was a trend on TikTok for a while, talking about low vibrational things that people are cutting out of their lives. So I made a list of five things that are low vibrational that I'm cutting out of my life. And then I put in a list of five things that I think are high vibrational. Is that the term? I don't know. Um, Like more, you know, whatever the opposite of low vibrational is. I think it's high vibration. So bringing in things that are high vibrational into my life. So I put five low, five high. And this was a trend on TikTok about a month ago. I wasn't able to figure out who started the trend. So whoever started this trend, they get full credit. And if you guys do know about it and do know who started it, definitely let me know in the comments below. But I thought that bringing this list up was important. And I thought it was a list that we could share together. It's something that you guys can leave in the comments, or if you don't want to just have it on a note to yourself and just be able to look at it and decide what those things are that are low vibrational things that are bringing you down you know saying goodbye to those things and I did watch a lot of other TikToks of people saying what was low vibrational for them and I know a lot of people said that they you know cut out alcohol and cut out violent tv shows and cut out things like that because of my job because of killer instinct I can't cut out violence it's just not something that I have the leisure of doing um and I don't even think I could if I wanted to because I'm a true crime addict but I know a lot of people said that the alcohol thing I can't cut out alcohol I just I think it's because of the violence that I consume I need something to just kind of balance it out a little bit so I know those are some of the things just to give you examples I know a lot of people said gossip reality tv those were just some of the things that other people said but I'm going to give you my list of things that are low vibrational that I'm cutting out of my life to help protect my peace and help better serve me and center me and keep me grounded in order to also help me, you know, moving forward to just choose myself more and not to be as much of a people pleaser. I think that this all ties in together. So the first thing is stop checking social media first thing in the morning. I am such a victim of waking up, rolling over, turning my alarm off and checking my email, my Instagram, Twitter, my texts. I look at my screen first thing in the morning and the times that I don't do that, I feel so much more at peace. I feel so much more calm and I feel a lot more grounded and I feel like I'm living life a little bit more and I feel like I'm not living for everyone else. Because if you think about it, you wake up in the morning, first thing you do is look at other people's lives. How could you possibly live your own? It's just, it just doesn't work that way. So that's something that I want to start doing and start cutting out is really just allowing myself to wake up in the morning, take church outside, feed him, you know, make a cup of coffee, sit on the front porch once it gets warmer and just enjoy the beginning part of the day rather than, again, looking at my screen and seeing what everyone else is doing in their lives and comparing and, you know, 
it's just it's not healthy for me and i don't really think it's healthy for anyone so that's the first thing the second thing that is low vibrational that i am cutting out of my life is suppressing my emotions when i feel overwhelmed I don't know about you guys, but something that I've definitely noticed about myself lately is I get overwhelmed very easily. I feel like I get overstimulated very easily. And because of that, I become very irritable very quickly. And I think that the best thing for me to do in those moments is not to suppress and get quiet because that's what happens. I physically feel my body like shut down and I like it's I don't even want to say it's like a bad mood. It's like I just get so irritated and irritable and because I feel like I don't know how to express those emotions because there's not a specific thing or event that made that happen I really just shut down and I go quiet and something that I've noticed is that that doesn't serve me or anyone at all because if I'm quiet and suppressing no one's going to know how to help that and the times that I've noticed me get into that mood and that funk that I have spoken up there's been multiple times because you know Hayden and I have had this conversation a lot where he's like when you get in those moods like just tell me. And he's like, I'll do whatever I can, whether that's something, whether that's nothing. And you just want to sit in that mood, but just express that. So at least we're on the same page. And the times that I have expressed it, just being like, I'm just in a mood and I don't know why, or I feel really overstimulated and I just need a second, or I'm sorry for being irritable. And I'm just, I don't know what's causing it. Those are the times where not only has it kind of brought me out of the mood just by like admitting and accepting and not like sitting there and just tensing up just by kind of allowing it to be what it is. That's helped tremendously. I can't even explain how much that's helped. So that, and, but not only that, you know, having someone that I can lean on. I don't need to just kind of sit and sulk and tense up in my irritability just for myself. I feel like because a lot of times when I don't have the words to match what I'm feeling or I feel like I don't have a good enough reason to be feeling the way that I am, I just don't say anything. But you know, it's okay to lean on other people. It's okay to look to them to be like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I probably shouldn't be. And I have really no good reason, but I'm just irritated. I'm just in a mood and I'm so sorry, but that's what's going on right now. Just having someone that I can lean on has been, has been, has been more helpful than I could probably even articulate. And so that's the second thing that I want to cut out of my life. Just suppressing when I'm feeling those emotions, because it's never done me any good any time I suppressed it. And then the times that I haven't and the times that I've tried my best to articulate, those are the times where I've felt so much better and I've felt like it's okay that I'm feeling like this because I have someone there to be like, listen, it's all right. Like it's we're, it's all good. Like thanks for telling me. And like, this is how can I help? And it's okay to ask for that help. The third low vibrational thing I have on this list is not consuming content on social media that heightens my anxiety. Now, again, I have a true crime podcast, so I, 
you know, there. I, this is like, again, I can't cut out violence. I can't cut out true crime documentaries. I can't cut out true crime shows. And also I kind of like them. I, again, like not only just for like work purposes, but I actually enjoy it. Like I enjoy what I talk about on Killer Instinct, not the content, obviously, but you know, I do have a passion for true crime and I have a passion for, you know, helping others and I have a passion for getting coverage for things that maybe haven't had the coverage that it deserves and so things like that like that's not really what I'm talking about personally for me I just have a lot of anxiety in general we've talked about this we know this it is a known fact and my anxiety kind of switches to what heightens it the most based off of what's going on in my life so my anxiety gets triggered by different things based on my life and what's going on. So for a long time growing up, up until about, I don't know, middle school, separation anxiety. That's what it was. And then once I got into high school and things like that, it was relationship anxiety all the way up until when I met Hayden and realized I didn't need to have relationship anxiety and that I'm secure and solid in a relationship. Now I'm just constantly worried about everyone and everything and I'm a hypochondriac and I've been, that's where my anxiety focuses on right now is you know, worrying about my safety, the safety of those that I love, you know, it's just, it's kind of consumed me and it's not really something that I've opened up about or talked to really with anyone other than Hayden and my life coach. I really have kept that to myself. The fact that, you know, I truly have had a lot of anxiety over the past couple months when it comes to, types of content on social media let's see like I'm literally itching right now just talking about it um but what I mean by that is like I truly think I don't want to like I'm not a hypochondriac I don't think I don't think I'm actually like a hypochondriac I just think that my anxiety hyper fixates on things that I can't control and health and safety is really one of those obviously you can do all that you can up to a certain point but I see so many things on TikTok I think it's partially just because of the nature of what I do I'm always favoriting and saving different true crime videos and on TikTok just to go back and watch and see if there's a case that you guys would like and so I think that because of that the algorithm also throws some not so great medical videos my way and it really heightens my anxiety I literally had a breakdown over it um, a couple months ago this was right before Christmas and Hayden told me that I should just you know step away from TikTok and delete it and I just by the nature of what I do I just I can't do that um I want to be on TikTok because it's a great you know source for what I do but it does cause me a lot of anxiety so with that all being said, that three minute long explanation of me trying to articulate what I'm feeling, um, whenever I see content like that, because I can't just make it all go away, I can't do that. What I do is instead of looking at it, because I would usually I would sit there and I would look at it and I would freak out inside and then I would just keep scrolling and then I would just, I would freak out. I was just, it, my anxiety would get triggered and I would hyperfixate. Now when I see it, I just scroll. I just keep scrolling. I don't even stay to watch. I just keep scrolling. Say a prayer for the person in the video, but I just keep scrolling. And it's helped me a lot because it's also helped just set up my algorithm in a way where it doesn't really show me that content anymore. Um, again, you might not think that that's that one's like that big of a deal. 
but to me in my mind, it's really created um, a strain on my mental health. And so I've just been trying to find ways where I can still be on social media, still do my job, still put content out there for you guys, but also have a boundary with it and manage it in a way where I'm not consuming types of content that trigger me. So that's, that's the third one in a nutshell. Okay. The fourth is nitpicking myself when I see a photo or a video of myself. I think because I've been doing social media for so long and I've been filming videos of myself for so long, it's always so easy to look at a video and be like, oh my God, I hate my makeup there. Oh my God, I hate my hair there. Or, oh my God, I need to lose 10 pounds. Or, oh my God, I needed to get a spray tan. Like it's always so easy. I think just by nature, we look for the negative in ourselves. I don't know what the science behind that is, but I just think by nature, it's easier to tell ourselves the bad things than it is to compliment ourselves than it is to say, oh, I actually think I look kind of good. And, oh, I actually like how I look here. I like my outfit. I like my hair. Like I want to stop nitpicking apart my life and what I, you know, myself. And if I don't look good in a certain angle or whatever, like I think we talked about this a while ago, like there's so much comparison in social media. And I think that that really doesn't help this case, but something that I want for myself to just, it's low vibrational. I want it out is the urge to, when I see content of myself, whether that's a photo or a video to com- to nitpick. The first thing that I do is to tear myself apart. That's low vibrational and I am removing that from my life. Okay. The last, last thing that is low vibrational on this list definitely goes into what we've been talking about all throughout this episode. And that is not respecting my own boundaries and not saying no when I want to. So essentially being a people pleaser not respecting my own boundaries because when I don't respect my own boundaries, I'm not showing up as my best self, not showing up as the person that I want to be and the person that I am. So I need to be able to respect my boundaries more. I need to be able to put my foot down when I want to. I need to be able to put my, I need to be able to say no when that serves me best. So that's what I mean there. Okay. So those are my five low vibrational things that I'm getting rid of in my life. You guys can let me know what your five are. Now the five things that are high vibrational that we are keeping, that we are implementing. That's what we're doing now. Okay. So the first one is decluttering and deep cleaning my house once a week. That is high vibrational to me. I am a neat freak. And so if there's clutter everywhere, I just feel like I'm a mess. Like it's when my house is clean, my space is clean. I feel like my mind is clean and my mind is organized. There's no clutter. It's not dirty. It's just, to me, that's what I think. To me, that really just can take my mood from a five to a 10. It really can because I feel like when I have a, you know, organized, cleaned space, I just feel like that, you know, translate and reflects to all other aspects of my life. I feel like my mental feels a lot clearer. My mind feels clearer. You know, I feel more organized. I feel more productive. So that's something that I'm definitely keeping that is high vibrational. The second is allowing myself 
balance, not completely restricting myself, but also being aware of what I'm consuming and what I'm putting into my body and what I've not even just like on a food and drink standpoint, but again, just like on what's who's surrounding me, you know, my friends, the people that I am around, the people that I spend time with, the shows that I'm watching, things like that, you know, allowing myself balance. And for example, right now I have restarted a health kick. I was going to do that as an episode today and just kind of talk to you guys about that, but I felt like this was more important and I felt like this was something that um you guys would actually enjoy more but I might talk about the new health kick next week but what I was thinking is that for example balance I love wine okay that's not gonna stop and I'm not gonna live in a world where I can't drink wine unless I actually can't drink wine um so for me I knew that when it came to this health kick something that I want something that I want to be able to reward myself with is wine, a glass of wine at the end of the night. And so I told myself that I can still do that. I can still enjoy my glass of wine, but I'm going to pay more attention to what I'm eating, making sure I'm taking my vitamins, making sure I'm getting proper nutrients, making sure I'm staying on top of my workouts and my exercise. I also have decided to compromise with myself because, well, this actually isn't a compromise. I actually really, really love these things. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's just a side note. There are these drinks called Bev, literally the best things ever. They are zero sugar wine. I think it's like 160 calories per can. I usually have three of them and I am feeling really good and it's no sugar. So I ordered 24 of them. It was like a 24 pack and they'll be here within the next couple of days. And I told myself until those, you know, sugar-free wines come in, I can have regular wine and obviously just not go overboard with it. Everything in life is balanced. I, you know, I want to be realistic with myself. I'm not going to be able to just not drink alcohol for the rest of my life, not because I'm dependent on it, but because it's something I enjoy socially. I enjoy sitting on the couch with Hayden at the end of the night, talking about our days over a glass of wine. So even though I am watching what I'm consuming, it's all about balance. Okay. The third thing is I, and this is kind of, okay. Now that I'm reading this, it's kind of sounds a little bit contradicting based off of everything else that we've been talking about today in terms of saying no and, you know, setting boundaries and socially being drained and whatever and people pleasing, but something that is high vibrational in my life. And I think I'm finally at a place where it's high vibrational in my life because I have the right quality people around me is something that's high vibrational, going on more dates, whether that's friend dates, whether that's romantic dates. I want to be able, I want to continue going on more dates. Again, like brunches with friends, going to nice dinners, going to get coffee, like having that quality time with people is something that I really, really cherish. And I always enjoy it whenever I get to do that. So being able to continue having those quality people in my life and spending that quality time with them by doing whatever it is, whether that's a girl's night at home over a bottle of wine or whether that's going to a nice dinner with Hayden and just having a really solid quality time. Like I just want 
to continue having high vibrational quality time with the people that I really care about. Okay, number four is something that's high vibrational, spending more time in nature outside, whether that's taking church for a walk or going on a really nice drive when the weather is nice and sunny outside. And it's about, hopefully, crossing my fingers is about to get warmer here in Nashville. So once that happens, you know, going to get a coffee and going for a nice drive always puts me in such a better mood. So doing things like that, It's something that always puts me in a positive mood, seeing other people out, just being around other people, seeing that other people are out living, but in my car. That's what I like. Okay, and this last one is having a solid bedtime routine. So taking my vitamins, taking magnesium. I've been loving magnesium lately. It's helped me tenfold with my sleep and staying asleep um, and falling asleep. I have a problem with both. I have a problem with staying asleep and falling asleep. Not anything that's like concerning, but I just think that I'm constantly staring at my phone and I stare at my phone until the second I go to bed. And then it's the first thing I look at the second I wake up, which is going back to the first thing that I mentioned in the low vibration list. So really creating a solid bedtime that's relaxing. I don't think I told you guys, but I recently got... um. I changed out the lamps in our bedroom, or not the lamps, the light bulbs, and I got LED lights. So I have a remote with all of these different colors that really just help set the mood. It's a vibe and you just sit in bed and take my magnesium, have some water and just unwind from the day and really unplug. And whenever I have a solid bedtime routine, whenever I've done like the full nighttime bedtime skincare, moisturize, you know, shower, get in bed, clean sheets routine, I always feel so much better and it always sets me up for success for the next day. So that is my list, you guys, of five low vibe and then five high vibe things that I am incorporating and removing in my life. And it all ties in to protecting my peace and removing myself from being a people pleaser, being able to choose myself and really prioritize what serves me and remove what doesn't. So I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say about all of this. If you have anything that's on your list, whether that's the low vibrational list or the high vibrational list, I'm very, very curious. So let me know what you guys have to say about this one. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you guys, and I hope to see you there. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.